and there's still time. Welcome to episode 55 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And we're bringing you another post-game podcast. Sadly, it's after the Whitecaps' first defeat of the 2014 season. Colorado came to BC Place, ran out unlikely 2-1 winners. I say unlikely because the the Whitecaps went 1-0 up, looked in complete control, looked really, really comfortable, and then... Turning point. Four minutes that completely turned the game. Matthias Laba was sent off, and then two wonder strikes from Jose Mari. Disappointing loss, Steve. Yeah, the like you said, it was a turning point. Um, it was, it was a real, like at the point at the point that that happened. Yes, the Colorado player had fouled Laba, but let's say right off the bat, Laba made a huge mistake handling the ball, being already on a yellow card. Doesn't make a difference. The referees are going to miss calls all the time, but he put the referee in a position where maybe there was there's nothing the referee could do about it in sending off. I that that's the way I feel as well. I know it can be viewed as being harsh, but letter of the law, you handle the ball, you always have to play to the whistle, and it's a harsh lesson for Laba. It's a harsh lesson for the Whitecaps, but basically they didn't play to the whistle, and they they paid the price, the ultimate price of going down a man just not getting their shape back quickly enough and being heavily punished for it. So, yeah, essentially that's what it was. Is you're right there. It, it, they weren't able to recover from going a man down, which is, you know, it maybe takes a few minutes. Maybe there, there's something they did wrong where they couldn't slow down the play or something. But, yeah, two great strikes. Mary was basically open on both shots and nobody was even around him or anything like that. It was two fantastic strikes by him. I mean, you don't save those, and David Eichstead doesn't. But as you say, was he closed down enough? Was he given too much space to get those shots off in the first place? I mean, you, we're going to have to watch all the game tape again, point fingers, and, and just see who didn't do their job and, and who didn't mark up and who, who let all that space happen. But up until that point, I mean, it, it was looking like it was going to be a comfortable Whitecaps one. Definitely the, the Whitecaps... Uh, pressed from the beginning let's go to the beginning of the first half now they, they I thought they really did well to press forward uh, they t- you know they weren't able to take advantage of their chances and that might have been the the, the you know the ultimate what happened there because maybe if they're up two or three goals 
the sending off doesn't make it that much of a difference and Colorado won't be able to come back. There was a, a couple instances in the in the first half where Maddox had chances, wasn't able to score. Well, he, he did have it in the net once. Yeah, but that was offside. Let's talk about that offside. He was he was just offside. He was but, definitely off. But I posed I posed this question to you when it just happened. Was it a lazy offside? Did they? It was clearly offside. But was it a lazy offside where they? He he could have been a foot or or two back where and still gotten to the ball. He seemed to like hugging the shoulder, but it wasn't an effective straddling of the line there. It's hard to say it was lazy because you you don't know how well or. You can't class how well the Colorado defence did in, in moving up. I think when the shot came in as well, it is kind of criminal to leave yourself to be offside when a shot's coming in from outside the box. That That is a bad mistake for a striker to make. And by the letter of the law, he was in an offside position. Even though it came off the keeper and it, you could maybe class it as second phase of play, he had got the advantage by being in that offside position and then he buried it. And I mean, he, he did bury it, and it, that must have given him some confidence. But yeah, I don't think he should probably have allowed himself to be in that offside position to start with. And, and then the, the Rapids, essentially, they, they had a couple of chances in that first half. Deshaun Brown. Well, uh, it, it was eight shots all, um, although Colorado only had one on target, and Deshaun Brown had had six of, the, six of those eight. Yeah, and, and, he, he was, and there was a couple of times where there was that one play where he was sent in all alone almost, and but couldn't get the ball on the net. Other than that, Colorado really wasn't, weren't that dangerous in that first half. It was mostly the Whitecaps pushing forward. Yeah, I mean, going into the game, my, my big fear was that the pace of someone like Brown was going to pose problems to O'Brien and to Demerit, and it did at times in the first half, not to an extent where Colorado scored, although he did whip that shot just inches past the, the right-hand post. I thought at the half, Colorado would have gone in a lot happier. They'd come, they'd made six changes from the team that started against Kansas City last week. Some of them were forced because of injuries, some were because of suspension, and Pablo Mastroeni decided to, to not bring and, and rest Edson Budo and Vicente Sanchez because they, he didn't want them playing on the turf. So you're thinking Colorado's going to go in, they haven't given a goal up, They're, they've kind of kept it pretty tight, they're going to be feeling pretty confident. But then the Whitecaps kind of upped the level a bit in the second, and it did look like there was only going to be one winner. Then they, then they take the lead. Absolutely wonderful goal from Mathix. Yeah, a good strike, a good play by uh, Fernandez had just come in. He, he got the ball up to Miller. Miller took a couple of touches and sent Maddox right in there. Yeah, it was a fantastic strike, uh, a good uh, build-up of play. Fernandez had just come on as a sub, headed the ball forward to Miller, who took a couple of touches and just kind of sliced the ball into in the path of Maddox, who this time made no mistake and got the ball and beat Irwin, who had up to that point had played very well uh, for his first start of the season. Yeah, great finish from Maddox. And also, I, for me, what Kenny Miller did in that play just shows the quality and the importance that he has to this team. Controlled it first with his head, brought it down, controlled it with his foot, knew exactly where Maddox should be running to, and I mean, I've criticised Darren before for not having the footballing brain. Can't criticise him there. He did fantastic. He knew where Miller was going to play the ball. Miller knew where Matics was going to be. And it, it, it was just a great finish. And at that point, the Whitecats were in the ascendancy. And they should have made it two just over a minute later when it was a three-on-one break. 
And when you've got a three-on-one break against a tiring visiting team, you have to take advantage of those chances. And ultimately, that miss or Irwin save, depending on, on who you want to give the credit to, that kind of cost the Whitecaps to win more than the, the red card. Yeah, the like we talked about it, there was a, you know, there were kind of, we had ideas whether he should have left it for Miller or not. We're not sure if Miller would have got to the ball if he had left it. But you expect Morales to take it. And the only issue I have with the Morales was that he took it one time when there was so much space he could he could have gotten around the keeper with a touch and he just slotted an easy ball into the net because Irwin was coming out charging at that point and he was playing big so maybe an extra touch might have done something and gotten him a better look at the net. Also, like a, a touch and not actually shoot, but touch and then set Kenny up. Because, yeah. I mean, Kenny might be in an offside position though at that point. But by that point, he possibly would have been. But when the break was on, I wanted the ball to come to Miller and I felt that Morales should have left it and that Miller should have got it. And I think from the angle and where Irwin was, Miller would have buried that. We don't know, of course, whether Miller gave the shout or whether Morales understood it or not. But, I mean, it was a bad opportunity not to capitalise on. And as we know, about 10 minutes later, the Whitecaps were punished heavily for not being two up. Yeah, and it was basically the, the, the Lava. We already talked about the Lava, the foul, and, and grabbing the ball. Yeah, let's just, not even cover that anymore. Uh, but then right after that, it was basically the ball got put up the field. Right around where Lava would have been, essentially, uh, Marie parked himself right in there, right in front of the in that space between the, mid, between the midfield and the back line. And he took a great slicing shot and just deposited the far post. It was a fantastic strike. Now, looking back on the goal, at that point, a lot of people are on Twitter and everything are blaming Russell Tybert on this, but the closest midfielder to him were uh, Fernandez and Morales. And they weren't able to close down, and the back line was, I think, too far backed up at that point. And maybe somebody should have came up and, and, and been more aggressive on that because... Once the once the shot was taken, there was nothing that could be done about that. It was a fantastic strike right off the post. So that that goal hurt them big time in, in setting up. To, and then obviously three minutes later, it, it even got worse. If you freeze frame Mari's first goal, he, he's got so much space that there's four white caps round about him. There's Fernandez, there's Tiber, I think it's going to be Beta Sure and Andy O'Brien in front of him. He had acres of room. I mean, he could have picked a through ball. We had time to do that. There was a, a pass out to the left if he wanted to do that. But he saw the big gap that was there for the shot. And if you notice when he hits the shot as well, Andy O'Brien kind of does that thing which defenders should never do. He turns away and kind of makes himself smaller when the ball comes in. That's the June Marcus David thing, thing that bugged yes. me every time yes. last year. I remember you. That when was everybody, a big bear of yours. <laughs> everybody called him the shield. Yeah, you do, when you want to be the shield, you want to be as big as possible to block the shot. I mean, it was something I never noticed at the time, but just us watching the replay just now, O'Brien doing that, I think, did open up a little bit more space. And, I mean, it was a gaping hole, a great finish. Can't take anything away from that. It's definitely going to be up for the goal of the week. I haven't obviously seen the rest of the games. I mean, who knows? It might even win it. He's obviously not going to get player of the week because Clint Dempsey scored a hat-trick, so he's obviously going to get that. But what a strike. I actually asked him after the game, and, and we'll hear some of the audio later on, whether he's scored two better goals than that. And he's like, no, never. Never yeah. scored better goals than that. So it was a once-in-a-lifetime uh, performance. That, <laughs> great what great else for is us new? to see that. No, but what else is new? That, that seems to happen to the Whitecaps all the time. 
But then, as you say, three minutes later, he follows it up with just another fantastic strike. Yeah, on that second goal, the, again, the he found space again, once again. This time he found space in front of the central midfielders because they had backed up. Like, the... the they the, the the back line had been almost at the six yard box area yeah. because they had taken the ball out to the end line and essentially worked it back. So the back line was pushed forward. The the, the holding midfield is even backed up a little bit more. In this case, you have to almost put the blame on the the wingers who should have been coming back, the attacking players like guys like Mane. Um, well, well Kakuta was the, the closest guy to him when he hit the shot and. It looked like he was going to try and come in and make the tackle and try and put him off, but he stopped. I mean, if you watch, he kind of runs and then he, he hesitates for a split second. And that split second is when Murray gets the shot off. And again, Eisner had no chance with it's either of those. just perfect placement on that one. That one was just a perfect play, like, place ball on that, on that shot. So it's, it's just very disappointing. They tried to come back at the end. Uh, I mean, was, they, they fought hard yeah. with, with the, the ten men, but there was just there was no never going to be any way back after that. It was just a matter of not being able to organize quickly enough. I think at, you know after getting sent off and Lava, you know Jay Duke wrote about it earlier in the week on AFTN. He how important a player he is, and it kind of clearly showed how important of a player he was to them. I know people are going to say that you know being down just one man shouldn't put you in that position, but maybe this is a player that they can't afford to lose off the pitch at, the, at any time. Well, I mean, you saw how the Whitecaps struggled against 10 men against Chivas and they couldn't find a way through. And then you saw how easy it was for Colorado to, to make use of the man advantage. But the big difference being the guy that was missing, as you say, was a guy that had that key position in front of the back four, right in the middle of the of the penalty box, if you want. Take him away and then all the gaps are there. Now, do you think uh, if we talk about substitutions, early substitutions, that they, they made an early substitution in Gershon Kofi today. And Gershon Kofi had a decent game. Yeah, I, th- I thought he did well. And I was surprised that it was actually him that came off. And, I mean, I, I can't criticise Robinson because I've been, I've been so positive and so enthusiastic about his attacking substitutions and his early substitutions that it was great that he, he did... He did try and brighten it up by bringing on an attacking sub in Fernandez, but the shape kind of went a bit. It went a bit, and also when Lava went off, Gershikofi would have been an ideal yeah. player to be put into that spot. We, we had has, no DMs that could slot Russell in. Russell Tiber was the only guy, and he's he's more of a two-man uh, holding midfielder kind of rotation where there's two guys there. He's never played by himself there. And Morales tried to put there, but Morales is not a guy that you want to have there. So there was essentially... No, nobody that they could put on and they were talking about it in the post-game press and you're going to hear this soon where they were asking uh, somebody asked about Leveron possibly coming on but uh, Robo said basically that you know with quick goals like that within three minutes of somebody getting sent off or four minutes with it, within four minutes of somebody getting sent off there was no way to get Leveron on there and once the second goal went in there was no point of putting Leveron there you were yeah. to go attacking at that point yeah and I mean, who knows if he would have made a difference. And we, we still had that one sub left. And then we brought Eric Hurtado on with just seconds remaining, which kind of seemed pointless to bring him on at that point. But that, that's some of our initial thoughts on the game. Before we go any further, let's hear a little bit from the Whitecaps dressing room. First time this season the Whitecaps have had a loss. And first time at home that the, the Whitecaps dressing room has been a little bit downbeat. So let's hear first of all from head coach Carl Robinson, captain Jay Demerit, 
and Kenny Miller. To the red card, um, well, I could sit here and say I haven't seen it, but I have seen it, and it's obviously a foul, and he sent him off for uh, a decision that I think he's got wrong, in my opinion, and obviously, ultimately, it's cost the game. It was difficult because we went down, and then obviously the boys hit a, a thunderbolt before we knew. We've, you know, we haven't got set, and it's one-one, and it's two-one before we know. So it's a kick in the teeth to to us and the boys in there. And I've said I'm proud of them. I really am. You know, we didn't go under. We kept fighting till the end. We had one or two half chances, but it's a pity we're not talking about the game because it was a good game today. It really was. You know, we, we missed a couple of chances. Probably we should have taken. Um, but you know, there'll be other talking points, not the game, which is unfortunate. We all feel like we've got gotten punched in the gut a little bit there. Um, unfortunately, that happens in our sport. Some things you can't control. Uh, I thought the things we could control was enough to win. Unfortunately, that didn't happen tonight, and uh, everyone gets assessed on their performances, including the referees. So hopefully, uh, people look at that uh, and assess it in the right way. Stunned? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think that's a good word to use. Is, is stunned? It kind of, uh, it kind of hit us at the wrong time too. When when we think that we have the the game by the scruff of the neck and and we're controlling things, it's a kind of a one-two punch there and uh, you find yourself on the back foot. So again, it is what it is. Uh, you have to say that uh, the guys fought for 90 minutes tonight, even when we went down a man, um, had enough chances to win. Unfortunately, that didn't that didn't happen either. I thought uh, second half, if we if we take that back-to-back -back, um, chances and, and we go 2-0 up, it could be a different game. But those are things we work on. Um, but at the time, we were still up 1-0 and in control of the game. So uh, ultimately, it's disappointing. Uh, ultimately, I think uh, everyone will walk out of BC Place tonight a little bit disappointed and, f uh, and feeling a little bit uh, like something gotten taken away from him. So it is what it is, and we just got to keep fighting. We got to keep performing like that at home. And uh, I guarantee more times than not, we'll be on the other end of that result. Uh, I think it was plain to see that we never quite hit the heights that we hit in the first two home games. But nevertheless, 1-0 uh, up should be 2-0 up. It's probably game over if that goes in. And obviously, the when I'm walking off uh, 15 minutes to go I could never have envisioned that we were going to lose that game because I felt we were so comfortable but obviously the red card has, has, has turned the game on its head Listen, like you can create chances that you're not always going to score 3 and 4 goals every week it's about, uh, yeah, you want, to, you want to take the chances when you create them again I felt we probably, I thought it was a penalty in the first half whether the ball was out of play or not, there was definitely contact with the goalkeeper so I thought we probably deserved a penalty but we got our nose in front and again, we should have been 2-0 up. It was a fantastic opportunity within two minutes of the goal uh, to go 2-0 up. Again, not taken and like I said before, the red card turns the game on its head and two fantastic strikes for their player to, to take the win. What kind of positives can you take from this match? Uh, well, it's, at the moment it's disappointing. Obviously, when you're just finished off a result like that, you're, you try and go away and assess it, look at the game and, and see what we can take out of it. Again, the manager had a bit of a go at us at half-time because we never quite hit the heights that we were expecting to hit. Uh, but we went out the second half and, and got our noses in front, and deservedly so. And at that point, it looked like we were going to go on and win the game and win it comfortably. But obviously, like I said before, with the red card coming at the time it did, and losing a goal within a minute of Matty Laba, who again was outstanding today, uh, within a minute of him going off, we were 1-1. It was, it was going to be a long last 12 minutes. So what did you think of those goals? Uh Great strikes. I mean, again, sometimes you've got to put your hands up and say two fantastic goals and, and the lads, one right, one left. It's a great technique, two great goals. So that's audio from the Whitecaps dressing room there. A, a very down Whitecaps dressing room, as you'd imagine. And Steve, you, you were in there. What, what was the vibe like? Oh, the, one of the players had mentioned it. I, I can't remember who, but it was like basically 
it's it was like that. It was like a punch in the gut for the players. Uh, nobody was really over uh, overly happy. Even Darren Maddox, who had scored his first goal, wasn't like you know up and up. like last year. It, uh, and this this maybe shows a little bit of the maturation process of Darren Maddox, where last year I think he would have been a little bit more excited about scoring his first. This this game he wasn't there was no excitement. He was just more interested in what the team was. So he's very like you could tell by just that is some positives you could see from there. Well, that, I mean that's a good thing. And, and Kenny Miller was asked if he could take any positives from the game, and he basically said no. He, there no positives that, that you could take. Yeah. And it was kind of one of those performances. I mean, we'll look at some of the individual players. I mean, we've talked a little bit about Darren Matic, so we'll just finish off talking about him. We've ridden him a lot in the podcast. He has shown a completely different personality this year. And what I've been waiting for is for him to get this first goal and to see what this does for his confidence and whether we're now going to see a, a Darren that explodes or is he going to go back to, to missing chances and, and stuff. I'm hoping it's going to be the former and that this is going to be the big breaking point and the big breakout now for Darren. What I liked about what, after the goal, uh, one thing I could point out that, that I liked was the fact that when he scored and then they had that chance two minutes later, he didn't, like the old aromatics might have t- gone off and taken the shot right yes. away just to get a second goal. Yeah, He actually held up, drew the defender in, and got the ball off to Morales. And that was, I think, very important for him because, he, like like we said, he, he might have gone back into a selfish mode where he just took a shot and maybe missed the net by miles. That, that's a very good point because when that break was on, I'm going darn pass, darn pass. And I didn't think he was going to because I was thinking of the Matics of old. And the fact that he did do the pass, I think it's amazing credit to him. And it shows that he is now looking more from the team aspect than just the individual. Didn't work in the end, maybe he should have taken the shot. But it was good to see. Now, Kenny Miller, he he's a guy who obviously set up the goal. He, he set Maddox up. He was substituted off quite early. I d- and he mentioned that in the in the post game that when he got substituted off, he had no, he could not see this coming where the the Whitecaps were going to be losing two one. He didn't see that coming at all. He thought it was like the game was basically handled at that point. Colorado wasn't putting anything through forward. So, what what were your thoughts on his play? I thought he I thought he had a decent game again, second game in a row as a striker up top. He he again put in a, a decent work rate, but. There's still something lacking. He he doesn't... I mean, what he does off the ball and what he does in setting up and holding the ball and the little flicks to set other people up, that's fantastic. But when no one else is scoring, you're needing Kenny to be the guy that scores. And the last couple of games, take these penalties that he's had out of it, he hasn't looked really like scoring. And then you got the, the, the shout-out. He mentioned that too, that he thought it was a penalty in that first half when he was taken down. Uh, he didn't feel like it mattered. You know, the ball was out of the out of play. He still got taken down by the goalkeeper. Your thoughts on that? What, what, do, you, what do you think about that? When I saw it live, I didn't think it was a penalty, and I I was like, oh, what's he appealing for? It's never a penalty. But then when you watch the replay, well, if nothing else, it was a corner because everyone got the touch on it yeah. and it was given as a goal kick. But when you watch the replay, and the more you watch it, and you're actually watching Irwin, and he he takes Kenny's legs away. Um, I agree with Kenny in this case, and even if it was the flip, I would agree if it had been a Colorado player that was brought down. I just feel that that was a penalty, because he was clearly brought down. Maybe that was one of the other turning points in the game. And then you got a guy like Pedro Morales, who who everybody was talking about coming into this game. Clearly, 
the Rapids were not going to give him that much space in, the, in on the pitch at all. He was playing a lot deeper sometimes at points. At one point, he even played on the right-hand side of the pitch. He played out as a wide midfielder. He he seemed to really struggle with the attention that he was getting in this game, at least. And his passing wasn't too effective, as effective as it was against Houston. That's the thing now with Morales. After what he did last week, he's going to be a marked man. He's got all the attention on him. People know what he is capable of. So he's going to get he's going to get heavily marked, and he's going to get a lot more attention now in games going forward, especially games on the road. Now, I wrote in, I think it was in one of my Socrates articles that I, that I did last week, that what Morales did last week when he was spraying the balls around the pitch, that was a it was a joy to behold, and it was it was just fantastic. But it's those kind of balls, and it's like Kenny Miller actually said this after the game last week, when it comes off, he looks great. When they don't come off, he looks a chump. And what you saw in that first half is too many of his passes, there's two I remember in particular, one that was played through to Kenny and one that was played through to Gershon Kofi. It was about one, two feet too heavy. And he just, he was overhitting it. He just didn't seem to have his eye in. And when he's doing that, the, the Caps are suffering. We talked about Gershon Kofi a little bit earlier, but let's move on to the other guy that was in the midfield, Russell Tybert. I know you had issues with him getting involved in the attack. I thought he played a phenomenal game defensively, especially in the first half. He was running people down all left, right, and center. Also, at first, I thought it was his fault that you know some of those goals went in, but clearly looking at the replay, it wasn't his fault. No, so no. Uh, I thought another solid game. It wasn't, again, not spectacular, but something that the Whitecaps need, somebody that can put a, like a pit bull type of effort into the central midfield. Yeah, he, he ran around well. I just want to see him getting a forward a bit more. I just want to see more of the attacking Russell. Now, apart from his sending off, what, what what did you make of Laba's performance overall? I mean, he picked up his first booking in the second half for something that might even have got reviewed anyway. He kind of went in foot up and, I don't know, he got he got a booking for that. How did you feel his overall play was? I was listening to the pre-game show for a little bit when we were coming in and they were kind of wanting to see a little bit more aggression from him and him pushing forward a bit more. Kind of maybe doing that aggression is what cost him and, and got him the sending off. Yeah, there were a couple of points where he was overly aggressive, but I thought he played well. I, I, you know, you think of a guy like Dylan Powers, who is one of their attackers in the midfield, and he was basically invisible in this game. There, there wasn't very much coming from him. Yeah. So I, I think he did a decent job, but I'm sorry that the, whatever whatever he did in the game gets decreased to a very low level because of the fact what he did with the, with a yellow card. Whatever people want to say. I'm still going to come to that as being the big turning point, and it was a blunder on his part. Now, before the sending off, one of the questions I was going to ask you in the, this post-game podcast was, what do we do next week with that midfield? If Rio Coker's good to go, did Gershon Kofi do enough to stay in? Do you have go back to the 4-2-3-1? These were all the questions I was posing. So let's just for now forget about the Labored card. I wish we really could, but we can't. So if things had been the way that they are, I'm maybe even looking forward to the next home game against the Galaxy. Does Rio Coker come in at the expense of Kofi, or do you keep him kind of sitting on the bench? Well, it all depends on his fitness. Like He didn't even get full training, I don't think, this game, this week. Maybe he, he the trained least, a little least, bit on Friday. Late last week, but that was not enough. I, I think a lot of it to, with Rio Coker has to do with his fitness because he wasn't fit at all in the first three games. So I at this point, based on what Kofi did, I wouldn't have put him in. Obviously now with Lava out, I think he, 
unless you change the lineup a little bit, he probably does come in as a four-two-three-one holding midfielder. Because next week we're we're heading down to LA, and that that is a, a game where you're having to have like that holding shield really really strong. Definitely. So I I think there's no way now that Rio Coker is not going to come back in. And then it's going to probably be Rio Coker and Kofi with Laba being suspended. So then when Laba comes in in two weeks' time for the LA home game, that's really going to pose a quandary for Carl Robinson. So a lot is going to depend on how these guys go. I felt that this week was the last chance for Gershon Kofi to, to claim a starting spot. Next week it could be him and Rio Coker battling it out. And whichever one performs best could be the one that's going to be this DM beside Laba going forward. For sure. And let's go quickly... Uh I don't like. Let's go quickly over the backline of goalkeepers. I, obviously, Ostad. I don't think he did anything horribly wrong. No, I think he, he did on he the did goals. Well. Um, the backline itself, I don't think they were horrible. Uh, they weren't were, horrible, but they just. I mean, Betashur pushed forward a couple of times, yeah. which is one of my well, keys I'm, going hor- into the game. They weren't horrible defensively. There was nothing they could do because they weren't. In, uh, we talked about the first goal. Maybe O'Brien and Betashur could have closed down a little bit better, but nothing. That that, that was a great shot. The other game, the other goal, that was mostly from a deeper position, so there was nothing that could be done there either. So I, I again, I don't see anything that we could have done about that. So you got no, it was a good back line. Yeah. I don't see any changes. Although, I mean, it, this might be a game that Robinson decides to to rest O'Brien because yeah. he, he says he's going to want to rest O'Brien, Demerit, and Miller over the season. So LA away, that might be one of the games, or they might just want to keep O'Brien rested for for one of the trips east. Yeah, we'll soon find out though. So before we wrap up talking about the Whitecaps today, we, we put out on Twitter asking our listeners for some thoughts on the game. So we'll, we'll read some of those just now. Graham Took of Chelsea Took uh, basically went right to the point. He goes, Laba went wrong. Silly bastard. Nick Wells at Nick Wellsy. He said that no Miller meant no one to hold the ball up that was needed when down a man. Matic strolling ar- ar- around didn't help. The thing with that, though, is I don't really think, even if Miller had stayed on, I don't think the Caps had the ball long enough to, for him to actually hold on to it, so I'm not even sure that would have made too much of a difference. But the only issue was that he has a point about Maddox. Maddox, on the first goal, was thrown on. Maybe Miller comes in and plays a little bit deeper role, pushing everybody down deeper into that you know that space in between. So, I, I guess as well, like Manny came on for Miller, and it was Manny that didn't close down Mari for the second goal. So maybe, I mean, we've seen how well Miller does close down and how well he does defend. So maybe that was quite costly. Tyler Polk at TN Polk said the Robbo shouldn't have subbed Kofi Tybert instead. After Lava's red card, a defensive mid supposed twenty twenty hindsight. Yeah, we we talked about that. Maybe I don't know if Tybert would have been the guy to be subbed off, but maybe kept Kofi on a little bit longer. But of course, if you think of it that way. Fernandez came on for Kofi, and he's the one that helped set up that, that first goal for the Whitecaps. We've got a few tweets from Matthew DeCap at X on Twitter. And he said, Selfish play by Laba. Foul or not, five-year-olds are told to play to the whistle. No defensive mid gave Colorado too much space. He also said Matix was our best player out there, and he was glad that he finally actually potted one. And he was also close to, to getting one earlier as well. He, he feels Morales didn't have his usual touch, which we were saying earlier. Most players were just hitting passes light and, and just trying to be too cute. Morales' problem was he was hitting them too heavy, though, as well. And the last thing from Matthew is he felt that subbing out Kofi was strange and that he was finally looking his old self out there. Sam Peters at Sam Peters 16 said that Lamba was the glue and they fell apart. Got complacent. Pej Namshirin at Pej Nam. 
he said Morales seemed to just be a bit off with some of his passes and there was a mischance that he had as well. Colorado, he felt, just defended well. YPTO at mitt underscore daft wager said that couldn't finish 3-on-1 chance for a 2-0 lead. That could have propelled them to the win regardless of the lava handball and we talked about that earlier too. And the final comment from Twitter from former Southsiders president Chris Deal at 604 Chris Deal. He's not a fan of demerit and he says that movie star is a liability and he'd be happy if he just fades away. So that, that's our thoughts, some of our listeners' thoughts. You've, you've heard the Whitecaps dressing room. Let's turn our attention now to the victors. Colorado Rapids. Predictor Pooch said it was going to be a Colorado win. I've told you, listen to Predictor Pooch. He knows what he's talking about. Once again, I went into the visitors' dressing room and it was a, it was a very cock-a-hoop dressing room, as I, as I like to say. And we're going to hear some audio from that now. We're going to hear first from head coach Pablo Mastroeni, captain Drew Moore, goalkeeper Clint Irwin, midfielder and MLS Rookie of the Year, Dylan Powers, and finally we're going to hear a little bit, although it's through a translator as he doesn't actually speak any English, at least not yet, but apparently it's coming on very good, two-goal hero, Jose Mari. So Pablo, a fantastic comeback win there. How, do you, how did you see the game overall? Yeah, I think it was a, a hard-fought contest. You know, I think uh, th- there's times where, where we were on the upper hand, uh, but there's obviously times, especially in the second half, where uh, Vancouver was pushing the game and, uh, you know, they got a good good opportunity and scored with it and then had another chance late or right after that, uh, the, the first goal there. And so we weathered some storms and, you know, um, credit both teams. I think it was a, I think it was a, a battle. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the guys in that locker room fought really hard and, and found a way to win. And this is something that we've been talking about all preseason, all the beginning, is, is finding ways to win. You can't coach that. Um, that doesn't go on a whiteboard. Um, that's found in the spirit of the group and the guys on the field. And you made six changes for, from last week. Were you concerned at any point that you didn't bring Edson Budo or Sanchez with you? Absolutely not. I, I, I have 20, I want to say 27 players on this roster, and, and I believe in every single one of them. Um, and from the beginning, I, every preseason game we played, I had uh, experienced players playing with trialists. Uh, I do things a little differently. I'm a little out there, but I, I really believe in the spirit of the team. Um, and when we go on the road and we have a lot of changes to our to our lineup, I, I, am, an, I am so confident and, and our ability as a staff to prepare these guys um, and give everyone the same opportunities during the week. And, and, and so we come here completely uh, confident that we know exactly what we're going to get for the guys. Now, Edson and, and Vicente are special players. Um, and again, it's a long season, and we want to make sure that, uh, you know, that, that we have them uh, as the season continues on um, and not throwing the first five games on turf away from home and all these travels at them. Um, and again, I said when I came in that we're going to win this as a team, um, and, and I hope my actions show that uh, my, you know, my actions back my words. Now, a lot of people are thinking Colorado, Vancouver, it might be yourselves that are battling for the, one of the final playoff spots come the end of the season. With that in mind, just how big is coming here and getting a win today? Yeah, you know, every, every point that we get this year is huge. Uh, you know, every road game, every home game, and, and the mindset for, for me um, and, and the group is, uh, we're going to play every game to win. We're not going to play for a tie. We're not dropping off. We're not sitting in. Um, you know, three points are incredibly hard to come by. Um, so, figure if you if you do that, and you know, if you win one one game out of out of three, you put yourself in the same position as if you would have tied all these games. You know, so th- that's the mindset. Every point's critical. I mean, there's no easy game in this league anymore. Everyone asks me about the tough start that we have in, in the first five games. 
and I can't find one game in the next whatever 34 games that that are easy. So um, it's it's a great result for us. Uh, extremely pleased with the effort um, and excited to get back to work this week. Last thing to ask about Clint Irvin. First start of the season today. How do you think he did? He had that huge save from Morales. Listen, Clint. Uh, I think you know had a few big saves in that game, uh, but more importantly, I think he brings. Uh, a lot of confidence to that back line. Um, his presence, his ability to communicate, his distribution today was excellent as well. Um, just, a, just a, just a class goalkeeper and one, another a pillar of this team that uh, we're looking to build on. Um, and I think tonight, yeah, you know, he he showed his worth and and, and really deserves uh, everything that the game gave him for his performance and, and keeping us in the game at the right times. Um, so extremely excited to get him back out there um, and and uh, looking looking to build on this performance. You know, I think any game on the road is, is a tough game, but, you know, Pablo, Pablo has, you know, preached since he was here, you know, you got to be able to go on the road and get results. You know, you have to play on the road in the playoffs. You know, you can't expect to get all your points, you know, at home. Um, you know, we feel like home's a very good place for us. But, yeah, here at Vancouver, you know, to get what I believe is is, uh, is our first three points here, now we've done it before, but this is a tough place to play, and, and Vancouver's a very good team. Early in the season, for sure, but anytime you can go on the road against your conference opponent and, and get a victory, it's a, it's a good sign. Six changes to the starting lineup this week. Do you, does that just show how much depth this team has? I think so. Um, I hope so. Uh, you know, we feel we have a very deep team. We've got some good young guys. You know, I think everybody talked about how young we were last year. I feel like we're just as young, if not even younger, this year. Pablo's got confidence in everybody, and we all have confidence in each other. Uh, and to be able to make some changes like that and still come on the road and get three points is a is a good sign at this point of the season. Uh, I thought the team played really well. Uh, we kept the ball well. Um, Maybe could have been a little more uh, penetrative with our balls and our runs, but uh, we hung in, hung in there, came up with two great goals from Jose Mari, and it's just a great result for us on the road. Uh, for you personally, how did it feel to be out there for your first start of the season? It felt great. Um, the first half, I felt like I was a little rusty just trying to get back in the swing of things. I had played a couple of reserve games, but you know it's different when you come on the road in front of 20,000 people, but uh, it felt good to be back out there and, and just get back in a, in a rhythm. Now, a lot of folk are thinking when it gets to the end of the season, Vancouver, Colorado, you might be battling for one of the last playoff spots. How big is a win like this in, in a situation like that? Uh, it's, it's very big for us. I think at the end of the season last year, uh, you know, we played probably two out of the last four games against Vancouver, and we came up here and, and really struggled, and, and they, they really stuck it to us. And This is a really difficult place to play, and I think Vancouver plays really well here. So the fact that we can take three points from here is going to be huge for our season. Um, so Dylan, huge win for the team. How, how, do you, how did you see the game going? You know, we had some uh, some pretty good possession, I thought, uh, in the lower half of the field, um, better than our previous games, something we would try to do. Uh, uh, we had a few chances we didn't make the most of. Uh, they got on us. Uh, they got a goal, and uh, they had a chance to put the game away. Clint made a great save to, to keep us in it, and then uh, some, some great goals from Jose uh, to, to, to win the game for us. And, uh, you know, it could have gone... Uh, Probably either way, both teams, I thought, put in a pretty good performance. Now, six changes from the team that started last week. Does that just show how much depth this, this squad has this season? Yeah, I think uh, that's something that Pablo has, from day one, um, wanted to do is to, to make everybody comfortable with playing next to everybody. So six weeks of preseason, we played split squads, and, and guys got to know each other that way, and I think that's paying dividends right now. Now, with Pablo coming in, and you were obviously here last season under Oscar, what differences have you noticed? I mean, what's Pablo done to, to kind of put his own stamp on this team? You know, a lot of the stuff they stress is, uh, is fairly similar. It's not uh, a night and day change. I think Pablo definitely brings a different uh, feel to the team, and I think 
Um, he really wants to play a very simple brand of soccer where you pass, move, next guy comes in. And that's, you know, he's really made that clear that that's what he wants to do is just to, to move the ball and, and move off the ball. I think that's the biggest things he stresses. Have you hit two better goals than that? Has marcado dos goles mejores que estos dos? No. No. No, la verdad que, no, la verdad is... que esto solo... Los dos mejores goles que, que he marcado, pero sí que es verdad que me quedo But con la importancia que tienen. Uh, son, son tres pu eh, puntos muy importantes para nosotros really y a important seguir creciendo. So as you could hear there, a very happy Colorado Rapids dressing room. And I have to say, like, that was, that was my first time speaking to Pablo. And what a really, really nice guy, really good coach. And his team seems to have really bought into to what he's wanting to do there. It's kind of had the same effect that Kyle Robinson's had here. He's got the players totally on his side. And they're, they're really, really wanting to, to buy into where he sees the team going. Of course, uh if he had, they had lost the game, then it might have been a totally different story whether he was a nice guy or not. Well, yeah, that would be the interesting one because, I mean, we've seen both sides of some coaches so far, but I, I enjoy watching Colorado play and I, I really enjoy watching their home games, but they play a really nice attacking style and, I mean, they, they've got some great attacking guys. Deshaun Brown, Gabriel Torres, who was a, a regular last season in the DP, and, of course, Vicente Sanchez, who, I mean, those guys, and if, if we've got Mari now producing... I think the Colorado could be, once they really hit their stride, I think they could be dangerous playoff contenders this year. And that's bad news for the Whitecaps, because I do see, as we, we asked in those questions there, I do see it being a case between Vancouver and Colorado battling for maybe playoff spots 4-5 and, and not being in the playoffs at all. Now, a quick question that I want to pose to you uh, that I was thinking as well. This is the third straight time. That the, now, obviously, there was a red card involved in this one, but there's a third straight time where the Whitecaps faced an opponent at home that they should have beaten based on what was going on on paper. Like, this is a Colorado team was depleted at the back line. Game before that, RSL B team they were playing. Before that, Chivas. This is, so this is a third straight time. Is this a mentality thing with the Whitecaps, or is this something that... The, like they don't get up for these games because they think it's is it going to be an easy stroll or is there something more to that? I th it's kind of interesting you said that because I, I was having a Twitter conversation today with former coach Paul Ritchie. And one of the other things he said is that he kind of feels it's a little bit of a complacency sometimes at home that they, they th they've got such a good home record and also it maybe starts to play a little bit with them mentally that they think they don't have to do as much or the pressure of the large crowd starts to get in them and then when they aren't getting the breakthrough it really starts to play in their mind a little bit. So it could be a mentality thing for them at this point. Like I, I don't know, I, I just find it odd that they're able to, like they played a team against Houston that they, you know, they, 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 they definitely, there was going to be a tough game but they came out on top of that one. New York, yes, they were depleted a little bit too but they're still a good team overall coming into that game so it just seems strange that they're not able to get up for these games that they clearly have an advantage over. And for me, this was a massive game because, as I've said, I, I do see Vancouver and Colorado really battling it out points-wise as, as this season goes on. The Whitecaps now, I mean, today was the first of five straight games against Western Conference opposition. And so far this season, we haven't beaten Western Conference opposition. Now we've dropped three points to a team that was made six changes, heavily depleted, and... I mean, we, we asked in the interviews, as you've heard there, it kind of shows how much depth I think Colorado's got. And again, looking around the league, 
other teams in the West seem to have that depth, and I think that is what cost us last year. Do, do you feel that the Whitecaps have the same depth out there to challenge teams like Colorado and go to places away from home and grind in the West and grind out wins like Colorado did today? I think they have a lot of attacking depth. Uh, I do question that whether they have the depth of, like you're talking about the grinding results out. I'm not sure if there is enough grinders on the team. That's where some guys like Matt Watson and those kind of type of players maybe helped in the past, but they definitely do have the attacking depth this year that they can go after people. It's a matter of if they want to go after people on the road or not. One of the guys that could help him in the next few games, if he's, once he gets, you know, back to health is Mehdi Bellucci and he's a guy that a lot of people have talked about this year because he's been injured since the beginning he's coming off a big knee injury but he could be a guy that provides a little bit more MLS experience and uh, some grit to that midfield that they may be lacking from before and it's looking like Mehdi might not be available until maybe late May maybe even into June so that they're certainly going to have to to do something before then and with four games coming up now back to back against LA as well this is really going to show a little bit of what this Whitecaps team is made of. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back from this. Going to LA next week, I mean, you, you'll discuss this in your, in your preview podcast. It's never an easy place to go. The Whitecaps have had mixed performances down there. And yeah, we'll kind of just see, see what they do. Just quickly turning our attention to the West. The big game today in the West, big game in MLS this week, was the Cascadia Cup clash between Portland... And Seattle afternoon kickoff, an amazing four-all game. Yeah, it's a, it was a great game. Uh, a lot of goals, obviously, but it, really horrible defending as well. Yeah, and but the but I think the the one thing we can say is both teams are still trying to find their way. It's, it seems like I, I again I'm going to go back to Portland. I just don't think Portland is as good as people are saying they are. And they just saw a little bit like chinks in the armor. Losing Donovan Ricketts now for his second straight game. He was suspended for two straight games. I think that's really played a big part in this, obviously. But I, I, don't I, know. I, just... I mean, Weber, Weber's been not too bad. He's been actually stronger than I thought he would do. And he's actually performed better for them than he did in the Amazing Race. <laughs> that's for sure. What, what do you think? Was it a more of a Portland letting Seattle back in the game? Or was it a, a game where nobody could defend at all? It's a kind of it's a bit of both. I mean, the early stages, the defending was absolutely atrocious. That first fifteen minutes, Seattle took the lead. Portland came back at two one, and you think at that point Portland's going to go on. And then, and at four two up, there's no way that they should have lost that game. They definitely let Seattle back. And once Seattle made it four three, you kind of got the sense that Seattle could do this and actually get back. And you know what? They could even have sneaked a five four win in the end. I think ultimately, though, from both. MLS playoff places and, and points and from Cascadia Cup standings that draw was a fantastic result for Vancouver and looking at both defences I think Vancouver's got nothing to fear against either of these teams and if Vancouver play to their attacking potential they could get a lot of goals against both Seattle and Portland One of the things I will say that this is a little bit of inside information I was told that when the, goal, when the game was being played here at the stadium uh, a certain Canadian national international defender, uh, Jason DeVos, was getting very angry every goal because he was just couldn't couldn't stand how horrible the defending was. So he was in agreement with you. There actually might be something up later on this week on TSN about that. 
Oh, that's going to be interesting. We'll have to listen out for that on the TSNFC podcast. Just a shame, ultimately, though, that the, the Whitecaps couldn't capitalise on, on teams around them dropping points and then, instead of even coming away with one point from this game, finish with nothing. So that's it for another post-game show. Before we wrap things up, Steve, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat and obviously writing for AFTN. And you can find me, Michael McCall, on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Send us an email about the site or the podcast at aftncanada.hotmail.com and find all our writings, AFTN on Canadian Soccer News, aftn.ca, canadiansoccernews.com and also look out for my stuff on soccerly.com. So after an unbeaten March, first disappointing result for the Whitecaps, what's going to be interesting now is to see how they bounce back. So until next time, thanks for listening, take care, and mourn the caps. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, friendly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?